raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. You are listening to the Technical Foul Podcast, the realest sports podcast online today. You can subscribe to the Technical Foul Podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and all other podcasting services. Make sure to like our Facebook page, The Technical Foul Podcast, and become an official member of our TFP Nation. Follow us on Twitter at DTF Podcast One, and check out our YouTube page for exclusive and bonus content. Thank you for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Technical Foul Podcast. I'm your host, Manny Fresh, and I am co-host list tonight. No co-host, no guest, nada, zero, zilch, solo dolo for me tonight. Uh, Jet had a prior engagement, so he was unable to join us, so he did the American thing, the typical American thing, and skipped out on his duties. Bastard. No, I'm kidding, man. Jet was unavailable, so uh, he tried to do it another night, uh, but we just couldn't link up, and it's already been two weeks since our last episode, so I figured, you know what, fuck it, let's just solo dolo this thing for tonight. And uh, Jet will be back on next week, I'm sure. So, yeah, man, it's been a crazy last two weeks. If you follow me on Twitter, you guys are well aware of my uh, my myriad of uh, technical difficulty issues that I've had. Um, we had a mixer that went bad. And then, of course, my computer, my Mac was acting up. So, But I think I got finally got everything restored and um, figured out. And then on top of all the technical issues that we had on the podcast, of course, Jet had the snow bomb i don't know when since when did they start calling blizzards bombs now i I don't i don't fucking know where i'm from they're blizzards anyway um the blizzard that hit the northeast um had jet without power and wi-fi for a few weeks a few few days so glad and glad to report he's okay nothing damaged no no lives lost nothing like that so we're good to go man but uh finally got finally got a chance to get an episode out to you guys it's been a long two weeks a lot of shit has happened obviously we had a national championship game i didn't get a chance to talk about that i'll uh i'll briefly talk about that georgia blew the fucking game what else is new i mean what else is new i mean Different coach, same results for Georgia. I mean, what else is fucking new? I mean, Georgia blew the game. Georgia had control of that game. They should have fucking won that game. And they did the typical Georgia thing. They blew it. 
They blew it. When you have a 20 to 7 lead, win the game. All right. Nobody wants to hear about officiating. Nobody wants to hear about, well, this, that, and the other, blah, 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 this and that. No excuses. Win the fucking game. All right. And Georgia, to me, they got too cute. They got way, well, they didn't get cute. They got way too conservative, way too conservative late in that game. I, I don't understand. Jake Fromm threw an interception, a, a fluky interception because it was off a tip pass to uh, Deron Payne. And then all of a sudden, it's like, Kirby decided to just put the clamps on the game and when you and we all know we've all watched sports when you put clamps early on the game it's going to come back to bite you and that's what happened to Georgia and they fucking lost they lost and uh <laughs> disgustingly enough Alabama claims another national championship and it's just ugh who else is tired of Alabama I am I'm just I'm sick of Alabama enough is enough but they're not going away they're going to be here for the foreseeable future as long as Nick Saban decides he wants to coach Alabama's going to be a powerhouse so us haters, we have to just endure on some more, but whatever. But anyway, Georgia blew the game. They should have won a national championship. They handed a title to Alabama. I know my sister doesn't want to hear that. She's a uh, a huge Roll Tide fan. My sister, who's only been to Alabama maybe twice in her life, but she's an Alabama fan. And, I, and, and, and to my knowledge, never watched football, but she's an Alabama fan. But explain that, I don't know. But anyway, um, she's going to kill me for saying that. Um, but yeah, man, uh, Alabama won a national championship. Georgia handed it to them, but they, you know, they won. So give Alabama credit. Nick, give Nick Saban credit. Uh, I think the QB change, QB change was a little overrated, just because Kirby had talked about it in the pregame that uh, they were expecting. They had game plan for it. How much of that do you believe? Who knows? But even Nick Saban had brought it up before um, before the game that Tua would be an option if uh, Jalen struggled. So you know this idea that it was just this courageous out of nowhere thing that he just brought the kid in and nobody expected it and it took guts. Uh, I don't know about that. Tua had played a lot this year. So it was it was known that Tua had a chance to come in. And maybe maybe nobody. Ex- I mean, I, I think it was surprise. I guess because of the magnitude of the game, but Jalen Hurst sucked and he's overrated. This idea that Jalen Hurst is this big time quarterback. Let's, let's stop that, please. Let's stop it. I don't want, I don't care what his record is. 21 and two or whatever the fuck his record is at, in Alabama. I can go 21 and three or 21 and two or whatever the fuck his, his record. Is. I can do that at Alabama. You know, give me Najee Harris and, you know, Damian Harris and Bo Scarborough and Calvin Ridley and Judy and a bunch of five-star weapons on offense and a fucking an all-world defense. I, I, I'll i figure out how to win 21 games in three years or two years. Trust me. I, I'll figure it out. Don't worry. I, I think I have a good grip on how to figure out how to win those games if you give me that much talent. So that's a little overrated. And Jalen Hurts is definitely overrated. But... It is what it is. But yeah, man, Alabama won the national championship, so shout out to them. Um, But yeah, man, a lot of things have happened in the sports world. The NFL playoffs are hot and heavy. And um, this weekend, I mean, what can you say about this weekend's playoff action? Uh, Saturday was okay. Obviously, you had the Eagles uh, upsetting the Falcons. And I told you guys, never, ever, ever trust that fucking franchise. You cannot trust the Falcons, man. You cannot trust the Falcons. The Falcons are a franchise that I, I, I'm not going to speak for y'all, but I know for me, for this guy, for this host right here, I will never trust the Falcons again until I see the Falcons in a big spot. And a big spot to me is a playoff game, a divisional round game and a championship, a championship game, a Super Bowl where they handle their business. I will not trust that team again. That team blew a 28-3 lead after three quarters in the Super Bowl. So I, I can't trust that team. And that team, again, and everybody was, you know, sucking on the sucking on the fucking uh 
Falcon dick this week. Oh, the Falcons are going to do this, and the Falcons' defense is much improved, and look at what they did to the Rams. I should say last week. You know, look at what they did to the Rams, and da-da-da-da, and this and that, and da-da-da, and I'm like, uh, okay. That game was more about the Rams than it was the Falcons. The Rams were inept, inept, I, I, you know, and they were young. All the motherfuckers was probably scared to death. It was their first playoff game. I mean, none of those guys had any playoff experience outside of like maybe three guys. So, uh, yeah, that game was more about the fucking Rams being inept and being, you know, just just being, you know, the moment just being too bright. Not ready, not ready for primetime. Realistically, they just weren't ready for primetime. They weren't ready for that moment. And uh, the lights were on too bright and they folded. And the Falcons took advantage. Give them credit. They won a game on the road. But I, I, I wasn't buying what they were selling. And I knew. And I, Well, I shouldn't say I knew because go all through last week, I was like, okay, the Falcons are going to win. And then late last week, I kind of flipped it. I was like, yo, something tells me the Eagles are going to be motivated. They're going to come out ready to play. They're going to, you know, they're going to use this momentum of, I mean, they did win 13 games. You know what I'm saying? They did win 13 games. They did manage to win two games without fucking uh, Carson Wentz in the regular season after he got hurt in December. So it's like, you know, they're not getting any respect. They won 13 games. They were the top seed in the NFC. They were the best team in the NFC all year long until their quarterback got hurt. So they, you know, they, you know, they were going to use that disrespect. I mean, I, if I was a coach, I would have used that disrespect to their advantage. And they did just that. And they came out and played a great game. I think Nick Foles did his job. He didn't kill them. He actually made some good plays, um, made some good, good plays. He dinked and dunked, he dinked and dunked a lot. But, you know, I mean, that's what Nick Foles is going to do. I mean, Nick Foles is not going to air it out. He's not going to go out there and, 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 you know, beat you with his arm most times, especially in a playoff game. Game. I think they they had a good game plan. You know they were going to make, you know they were going to make Nick Foles do just enough, and the defense was going to take care of the rest. And the running game did enough as well. I mean, I, look, the Eagles, you know they they had a good game plan, and they were motivated. And you know, the Falcons had a chance to win this game, and like typical Falcons, they they blew it. And, and that fourth and goal play. I mean, what the fuck was that? I mean, how does Steve Sarkeesian still get, have it? First of all, how does Steve Sarkeesian keeps getting jobs? Why? How? I don't know. He's a drunk and he didn't do that great of a job at fucking Washington. He's still living off his fucking reputation at USC when he was a coordinator, not a coach, because he didn't do shit as a coach either. So how does Steve Sarkeesian keep getting these jobs? I, I, I don't understand it for the life of me. But anyway, that, that play was just terrible. Rolling right rolling to the fucking right with with uh matt ryan was stupid and and then now they did get lucky the eagles did get lucky because fucking uh because fucking uh my man fell fucking having a brain freeze jesus christ julio jones damn i'm getting old man 31 is the new 41 um Julio Jones fell and the play was just broken up. It was just a broken play. It was a fucked up play. It was just a bad it was a bad play from the from the beginning to end. And of course the, the Eagles get the fourth fourth and goal stop and the game is over. And the Eagles win and they advance to the NFC Championship game where they will host the uh the Minnesota Vikings and we'll get to that in a second. Um the late night game, nothing to talk about. Um Typical Patriots fashion, they took care of the fucking Titans. I mean, uh, there's nothing to talk. So much about the uh, the upheaval in New England. Yeah, that's another topic that we missed this week. Um, look, I, I, who knows about that article? I mean, I, do I think there's smoke to where there's smoke, there's fire? Yeah, I do. Uh, do I believe that there's something going on in New England? Where there's, was there some kind of 
you know, issue going on in the, not in the locker room, but between Belichick and Brady and Kraft, the three main the three main figures in that Patriots power and power and hierarchy. Um, yeah, probably. I mean, I think there's so I think there's some smoke to the fire now. Whether it's a big deal, whether it's a non-issue, whether it's a whether it's a huge deal, I, I, who knows? Only time will tell. I think the one thing this article kind of exposed is that you know maybe the end is sooner rather than later. Now I don't know if it's sooner as in tomorrow, Monday Monday morning, if they lose to the Jacksonville Jags. You know, is it next year? Is it a year after? Is it five years from now? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what that sooner, but sooner or later. I mean, this stuff is bound to happen. And I'm surprised it hasn't, and I'm surprised that more reports haven't come out. I'm surprised that more people haven't speculated on this shit. I mean, they've been together for 17 years. You had to believe that in those years, there had to be some kind of, you know, disagreements or issues. And the fact that they've been able to keep that tight lipped and in house for so long, I mean, it's a credit to them as much as I fucking can't stand them. It's a credit to them. And, you know, Seth Wickersham did a good job with the article. I mean, you know, I, I'm not going to sit there and discredit the guy because I don't know. I'm not there. I'm not in I'm not in Foxborough. I'm not in one Patriot way. So, you know, I don't know what the fuck is going on in, in, in New England. You know, do I think there's some credibility to the story? Yes. Do I think it's, you know, enough to say that, oh, Belichick's going to leave the Patriots if they lose on Sunday? I, I, no, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think so. But I don't know. Who knows? Who knows on that? But anyway, they took care of business. They beat the fucking... They beat the fucking lowly Titans who fired their coach right after. So, yeah, there's so much for that. Uh, Sunday is where the real action took place. And before I eviscerate the Steelers and, and Mike Tomlin, uh, let's take a minute to talk about the uh, the Minneapolis miracle, the miracle in Minnesota, the immaculate reception to whatever, whatever, Keenum to... Keenum to uh, to Diggs, whatever whatever you want to call it, whatever you want to call it, a game that will live in infamy, a game that will live in infamy. It's one of the craziest finishes that I've ever seen in any in any sporting event, in any sporting event. And I've been watching sports for twenty something years, man, since I was a kid, and I've never seen a game, especially a football game, end like that. I've seen baseball games, I've seen basketball play, you know, basketball games end on the last play, obviously on the last shot. Baseball, obviously, walk off home runs, famously. I've never seen a football game. Well, I shouldn't say that. Maybe uh, I mean, we've seen college football games, but never in the NFL. Never in the NFL, especially a playoff game and like that. I mean, that was just crazy. Um, it, it's so many ways you can kind of analyze that game. I mean, it was a it was a boring first half. The, the Vikings dominated the Saints early. Um, it, that game had the look that it was going to be 34 to 3. It just had that look early. I mean, Breeze was confused by that defense. They were hitting him. They couldn't get the run game established. Uh, the Minnesota defense was flying all over the field. They have a great defense. They have a tremendous defense. And what I love about their defense is all three layers of their defense is great. Their defensive line is great. Their linebacking core is great. Their secondary is great. Like, realistically, they have a three-layered defensive attack. And that's and it's been a long time since I've seen a great defense like that. Because you know, even some of the recent defenses, you know, Denver, Denver had a great well, Denver had a great linebacker. I shouldn't say they had a great linebacking core. Yeah, their defensive line was good. Their 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 linebacking core was great, and then of course their secondary was pretty good too. But I mean, not like this. I mean, literally, I don't see one weak spot 
on Minnesota's defense. So their defense is legit. Their defense is legitimate. Not that we didn't know that before, but obviously when you see them in that type of game, they they really stepped up. Um, the first half looked it, it looked iffy, man. It was a seventeen to nothing game. Um, it just and even through and even through parts of the third quarter, it just looked like the Vikings were just going to dominate them, and the Saints weren't going to get anything going. And then of course. Keenum throws that interception. He throws it up in the air and throws it up for grabs. And, um, you know, your boy, Marcus Williams, we'll get to him in a second, um, picks it off. And and that really kind of got the Saints back in the game. They, they, it allowed them to get their equilibrium back. They really made some – and Breeze played well from then on in. I mean, Breeze, Breeze played great, especially in the second half. I mean, that was, a, that was a vintage Drew Breeze performance. And that was the best I've seen him play on the road. Usually the knock on Drew is that, you know, at home he's he's gangbusters and at, on the road he's, he's, he's fucking average. But, you know, he played a hell of a game. He played a hell of a game. And – you know, realistically, they should have won. I give the, I give, I, you know what? I, I can't even kill the Saints. I mean, I could kill Marcus Williams in that tackle because I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But um, I can't even kill the Saints because the Saints. I mean, they battled back. They were trailing all day. Breeze was 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 getting was besieged by that defense, and he still managed to hang in there. You know, make plays in the second half. He, you know, he got lucky with an opportunity there on that interception, but you know, that was the opportunity they needed. Good teams capitalize on, on the mistakes of their opponent. And that's what they did. And they got back in the game. It was 17 to seven. And then as soon as you, as soon as you blink, it was 17, 14. Cause I had actually like gotten off the game. I was like, ah, oh, just shit. Cause it, I'm, I'm telling you, it, it looked like it was going to be at the very least, it was going to be like a 28 to 10 type of game. And, you know, I kind of stopped paying attention to it. And then the interception is what got me back. I was like, Oh shit. Okay. And then they scored like two or three plays later. And it was seventeen to seven, and I was like, "Okay, okay, I'm gonna finish up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay attention because it was that close for me to cut." I, I thought if Minnesota would have scored another touchdown, the game was over. If they would have gone up twenty four to twenty four to nothing, I, I, even even Breeze and that offense weren't going to be enough to to come back on that defense. So, you know, they got the interception. They came back seventeen to seven, quickly made it seventeen to fourteen, and then we had a then we had a fucking game and. You know, give the Vikings credit. You know, the, the the Saints took the lead there, middle of the fourth quarter, and 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 for a young team, an unproven team, an untested team like that, especially with an unheralded quarterback, um, to blow a lead like that, and then to come back right down and kick the field goal, regain the lead. That's big time. That is big time. That is big time. So I was impressed with the Vikings' answer. Then of course the Saints go down. Now I will say I, the one thing I will kill the Saints is I thought they got too cute um, late in that drive there. Um, you know, they converted the fourth and 10 on a beautiful pass by Breeze to uh, Willie Sneed. That was a hell of a pass. I mean, uh, you know, Sneed ran a great route and that was, and Breeze just was on the money on that pass. That was just a great, great pass. And then after they got the first down off the fourth and 10 conversion, they kind of got cute. They tried to run two, two pass plays to Thomas, run the fucking football. What are you doing? Sean Payton, come on, come back to me, puppy. Like seriously, run the fucking football. You got Ingram and Kamara, run the ball, drain that clock. I mean, geez, to me, see, this is where the Saints fucked up. It's the one thing I can kill them. Once they come back, Minnesota, that is, once they come back and they kick the field goal and they make it 23 to 21, you have to end that game with your kicker kicking the field goal. That's that you can't allow them to come back down and score on you. And I know they ended up scoring on a lucky play. We'll get to that. But 
I just think they left too much time. And I know it's revisionist history and I know it's easy for us to say it after the fact. I get it. But I, I even then, even I, I swear to God, even in real time, I was like, man, they're leaving a lot of time left. A lot of time left. I was like, man, that's I don't like this. And the Saints got too cute. Run the fucking football. You got Ingram and Kamara, two Pro Bowl level running backs. Run the fucking ball. You've been able to run. You've been able to move. the. I I don't care what you do to me. I mean, if you want to pass it once or twice, I mean, I guess if you want to pass it once, I guess. But to me, you've got to run the football there. Once you convert there in fourth and 10 and you're sure to field goal, you got to run the football there. Drain the clock out. Leave Minnesota with no time. And if anything, leave them with like five seconds left. You can't you can't leave them with 25, 29 seconds left. I mean, 30 seconds left. You can't do that. So obviously they fucking kick the field goal. They go up 24 to 23. And then the play that everybody will remember. Um, and even then, I mean, you know, I, I thought Case Keenum wasn't going to do it. I doubted Case Keenum the whole way. And I'm a Case Keenum fan. I like Case Keenum. I've always been a Case Keenum fan. I liked him in college. I, I thought that if he ever got a real opportunity in the NFL, I thought he could be a successful quarterback. So I, I'm not a Case Keenum non-believer, but I didn't think he was going to be able to lead them down the field. Even, I mean, I thought that they would get close to field goal range, but... You know, that's the crazy part. The Saints defense actually was containing them. I mean, the, the, the Saints defense was actually making some plays there in the last drive. And then, of course, we get to the infamous play and uh, Keenum, expa- Keenum escapes the pressure, throws it up. And it's a 60 yard bomb to Diggs off the missed tackle by Marcus Williams. And the rest is history. And uh, I, Marcus Williams and I'll give the kid credit. The kid answered all the questions in the post game. He did a tremendous job. That's not an easy position, especially for a rookie. I mean, you've seen guys that have played in the league for 15 years struggle in that position. So a kid, a rookie, that showed me a lot about that kid. I respect that kid. Um, But he made a bad play. He made a bad play. He made a terrible play. It's a play that will live in infamy. It's a play that that everyone will remember. I mean, it's one of the worst fucking decisions in a football game I've ever seen. Like, dog, tackle the man. Tackle the man. You, what the fuck are you doing there? I get his, I, and I didn't even like his explanation. Well, I was trying to get for the, I was trying to get to the ball. No, you don't. No, no, don't worry about the ball. Don't try about blaking up the pass. Make the tackle. If anything, if you're lucky, you tackle him inbounds and the game is over because it's ten seconds left and that's it. That's it. Make the tackle. At worst, tackle him out of bounds. At worst, and and maybe leave him a few seconds left. But he didn't. He tried to get cute with it and, you know, tried to make a play on the ball or try to break up the pass. And what happens? He misses the fucking. The, you know, and I know he was I know his his logic also was that he wasn't trying to get a penalty. He wasn't trying to get a flag. I get that. Thus is the way the world works in the NFL right now where these officials have all these players scared. I'm not going to go that far. I think he just made a bad decision. I mean, give the kid, you know, you know, give the kid some grief for a, sec- for a second. He made a bad decision. I mean, he's a rookie. He's a second year. He's a first, you know, he's a rookie. Um, it was his first playoff action. You know, he's out there on a fucking, basically on a last play of the game type of situation. And he made a mistake. He made a mistake. He'll grow from it, hopefully. Um, I don't think it'll be something that'll scar him. I, I think he's a he's a tough kid from what I've seen in the post game. It looked like it tore, he was in tears. It looked like it broke him up a lot. He looked like he had been crying. Um, and, you know, actually, like, again, I, I, I gained a lot of respect for that kid because that's not an easy situation to be in. Um, that is not an easy situation to be in. So I give him credit for answering the questions. But 
if you're a New Orleans fan, this is a loss that's going to bug you for a long time, man. It's going to bug you for a long time because that's a game that you think about like, fuck, if we just make one tackle, if we just make one solid tackle, 99% chance that we're going to a fucking NFC championship game. And that's 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 the way sports works sometimes, man. That's that's why they call it the fucking miracle in Minneapolis or whatever, whatever name you want to coin it. I'm calling it the miracle in Minneapolis. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's an amazing play. I had never seen something like that. Um, it, it was just amazing. I mean, I literally just jumped out of my fucking I was I was literally sitting there. I was playing with my daughter and I almost like dropped my daughter because I was like, oh, shit. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck did I just see? What the fuck did I just watch? It was incredible. It was an amazing, amazing play. Give Diggs credit. I mean, Diggs to me, I don't think Diggs is getting enough credit to have the wherewithal to not to stay in bounds, not run out of bounds and and just how many times have you seen in that play the receiver kind of has a brain lock and instantly either tries to dive on the ground to, to, to stop the play or to or steps out of bounds or does something stupid and he had the wherewithal to you know to not get out of bounds, stay in bounds, and you know run for the touchdown. So it's 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 incredible. It's an incredible play. Um it'll live in infamy. I and Minnesota now uh advances on to the NFC Championship game to play the Eagles. And I will say this about Minnesota and I have one of my best friends, Travis is a huge Vikings fan. He loves those Vikings and he's nervous as can be and I'll tell him and I'll tell every Minnesota fan, seal the deal now. This game will mean nothing in the long run if they don't make it to the Super Bowl. If they don't exercise the demons of Minnesota, it, it, this game means nothing. It'll be a blip on the radar. It'll be it'll be as meaningful as the Warriors' seventy three wins two years ago. It won't mean anything. It'll be a cool moment. You'll sit there and be like, "Oh, that was an amazing play." You'll remember it, but it loses its value if you go out there next week and you lose fucking seventeen to thirteen to the fucking Eagles. Like it does to me. Minnesota now has to seal the deal. They at least have to get to a Super Bowl, and I like Minnesota this weekend. I really do. Um, uh, you know, we'll, we'll 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 break down that game here in a second. But I, I really like Minnesota this weekend. I'll say that. But yeah, Minnesota's on to an NFC Championship game. Um, give those guys credit, man. I like Case Keenum. I like that team. I really like that team. Uh, not not because my boy Travis roots from, but I, I I always I you know I I, I like the I like the Vikings. I like that roster. I, I think their defense is legit. I think that they have a true championship level defense. I think their offense is pretty good. Um, I, I'm a fan of Kyle Rudolph. Diggs is a Diggs is a beast. I think Diggs is one of the most underrated wide receivers. The fact that the, the fact that he went in the fifth round is is still mind boggling to me. Still mind boggling to me. But anyway, uh, you know their offense is, is 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 a is a really good offense. They have a solid. I'm not gonna say they have a great offense. I'm not gonna say they have a bad offense. I don't think it's. I think it's a good offense. I think it's a pretty good offense. And Keenan Keenan to me Keenum. I keep calling him Keenan. What the fuck am I calling him Keenum? Case Keenum. Puts him over the top. I think Keenum is the guy, man. I, like I said, I've always been a Case Keenum fan. I, I've I've liked him ever since his college days at Houston, and I've just been a Keenum fan. I think the kid has some. He has something. He has an it factor. I mean, even in even with the Texans, I always he he showed flashes, and I feel like he was just in bad situations. He was in bad situations in Houston. He was in bad situations with the Rams. 
Um, and it just it just never worked for him. And I always felt like if he got a real legitimate opportunity, I'm not now I'm not sitting here saying that Case Keenum is fucking, you know, Drew Brees or he's Peyton Manning or he's Tom Brady or fucking the second coming of John Elway. I, I'm not crazy like that. I'm not, you know, he's not Fran Tarkin and I'm, I'm not going to get crazy like that. But I think Case Keenum is a guy that can be a very good quarterback in this league. I really do. And I think he's proven it. And he, the kid play, and he played well on Sunday. He didn't do anything to to kill his team outside of the bad interception there. Um, I don't think he I don't think he played that badly. I, he, you know, he did what he was supposed to do. He put him in position to win a playoff game. And, you know, even before the digs play, he put him in position to win that game. So, you know, I don't think you can kill Case Keenum. For those for those of you that weren't Case Keenum believers, for those of you that, uh, you know, are, are waiting for the for that for that Cinderella slipper to evaporate. It's not going to happen because I think Case Keenum makes plays, bro. He makes plays. So give the guy credit. So it's going to be the Vikings and the uh, Eagles in next week's NFC championship game. Let me go to the Steelers real quick, man. The fucking Steelers. (sighs) You know, the only thing I have to say about this game, well, not the only thing, but if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, and look, I... I am a believer in Jacksonville. I love I I I tweeted this out a couple weeks ago. I think Jacksonville's defense is great. That defense is great. I think Minnesota's from a overall standpoint from a top to bottom, I think Minnesota has a better overall defense. Jacksonville has a more dynamic defense. If that if that even makes sense. I think Jacksonville's defense has a chance to be great. Great. That defense has a chance to be legitimately great. Um, so I, I'm not sitting here discounting the fucking Jaguars. I think the Jaguars have a great defense. Obviously, Fournette is a fucking monster. We know that. That being said, if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, you should be fucking embarrassed. The fact that you let Blake Bortles come into your building in a, to the, the venerable, the great Heinz Field, your building where you've where you've won countless championships maybe not in that facility itself but you know what i mean and you let Blake Bortles Blake Bortles come in there and beat you and not just beat you it's not like he just played an average game i mean it wasn't like he was just sitting there just managing the game i mean he made big time throws when he needed to i mean Blake Bortles did the damn thing Say what you want to say about Blake Bortles, and I know everybody likes to fucking rag on Bortles, me included, but Bortles did the damn thing on Sunday, this past Sunday. He di- he did his job. He did his job. He he exceeded his job because I, I didn't think he would play that way. I thought he would struggle in Pittsburgh. And he fucking shut us all up because he fucking played a tremendous, not I want to say tremendous game, but he played a really good game. He played a really, really good game and made some big throws when the when the Jags needed it. He made some big fucking throws when the Jags needed it. So give Bortles credit, man. I know everybody likes. I know the popular and the cool thing is to kill Bortles, and 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 I do it. So I'm not. I'm not. I'm not discounting myself in that in that uh, discussion. I mean, I think we all know Bortles is what he is. But Bortles played well, and he's shutting me up right now. You know, he's shutting me up right now. Now, of course, if he goes out there and beats the fucking Pats, I mean, then then he moves into different fucking territories in my book. But anyway, but that's but let's not get ahead of ourselves. But um, but yeah, man, I think Bortles played well. But but how the fuck do you let Blake Bortles come into your building and beat you? That that that's to me is unacceptable. And I put that game. I put that game. I know people are going to put that game on many people. They're going to put it on the defense. 
they're going to put it on this person. They're going to put it on that. I know some Steeler fans hate Todd Haley, and he was fired today, so they're going to put it on Todd Haley. They did score 42 points in the game, so I, I don't I don't understand that. That's more of a scapegoat thing to me. I know Todd Haley does some questionable things. I'm not exactly the biggest Todd Haley lover. He might be the new offensive coordinator of the Jets. We'll see. God only knows. Um, but whatever. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about my sorry ass team right now. But anyway, um, my, you know the, the the same Jets team that you know passed themselves on the back for winning five games. But anyway, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I won't go there. I won't go there. This is it's not about the Jets right now. They they didn't they didn't they didn't they didn't advance to a you know to the playoffs. So they're not worthy of being discussed right now. But anyway. You know, Todd Haley, I know Todd Haley is not everybody's cup of tea. I get that. He's not mine either. But I put this game on Tomlin. I'm not the only one that's going to put this on Tomlin. So I'm not sitting here acting like I'm reinventing the wheel. But Tomlin, to me, you know, it's about time that Tomlin face some heat. It's about time. It's about time that Tomlin start facing some fucking real legitimate heat. This dude, this dude in the last seven years has won three playoff games. In the last seven years, three playoff games. I know he won the Super Bowl in 08. I know he got back to the Super Bowl in 2010. He should have won it. But let's be serious here. This is a team that's under that has underachieved the last few years. And I like Mike Tomlin. I'm a huge fan of Mike Tomlin. I'm not one of those that thinks Mike Tomlin is... I don't think he's overrated per se. I think he's a really good coach. I think he's a really good leader and motivator of men. But there's something going on in Pittsburgh right now that I don't like. And I haven't liked it for the last couple of years. And to me, that falls on the head coach. And my biggest issue with Mike Tomlin, and I know why, because he's a black coach and he's successful. And I'm going to keep it real. Like, this is what we do in the fucking Technical Foul Podcast. We're going to keep it real. A lot of motherfuckers don't like to criticize fucking Tomlin because, ah, yeah, that, it, Mike Tomlin, he a nigga. You know, you got to support the nigga. Blah, 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 blah. No, no, no. Because I'm going to keep it real, whether he's black, Hispanic, blah, 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 whatever. I'm going to keep it real. And, I, and again, I am a Mike Tomlin believer. I am a Mike Tomlin fan. But it has to be said that this guy has underachieved with this talent. This guy has five, five pro bowlers on offense. Five. Three of which are all pros and future Hall of Famers. You got Ben Roethlisberger, no doubt about it, Hall of Famer. One of the 25 best quarterbacks to ever play the football game. I don't even think that's a debate. Antonio Brown... I tweeted this out the other day. I think Antonio Brown is a no doubt about it Hall of Famer. This is one of the greatest wide receivers we have ever seen. I know it's one of the greatest wide receivers I've ever seen. I know I didn't see Jerry in his in his prime. I kind of I kind of caught Jerry not not at the I got I kind of caught Jerry I, I caught Jerry at the tail end of his career. So you know I didn't see the best of Jerry Rice, of course. But I saw Moss. I saw Owens. I saw Harris. I've seen Harrison. Obviously Fitzgerald. He he's as good as all of them. He's as good as all of them. Antonio Brown is just tremendous, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer someday. And Le'Veon Bell, if he could stay off the draw and keep his head on straight and not fucking talk about contracts three days before a fucking playoff game, he's on his way to being in the Hall of Fame. He's on his way to being in the Hall of Fame. And then you got Pouncey, you got Villanueva, Pro Bowlers at the on the offensive line. I mean, this you've got five Pro Bowl level players on offense, three of which are all pros. I believe Pouncey might have been an All Pro too. So you had four to that. It's beyond me that you can't beat the fucking Jacksonville Jaguars at home. And that team did not come ready to play. Did not come ready to play. 
And when your team is ill-prepared to play a football game, that falls on a coach. That doesn't fall on scheme. That doesn't fall on players. That doesn't fall on, well, this, that, and the other. No, that falls on a coach. Because the number one job of a coach is have your team ready to play on Sunday. That is your job. That is your job. Yes, X's and O's, uh, player development, dealing with injuries, talking to the media, all that is important. I get that. But having your team ready to play any given Sunday is, to me, if not number one, number two on the list of the important job duties of a NFL head coach. And that team did not come out ready to play on Sunday. It didn't. It, it, I don't even think. I don't even think you should debate. It. I don't even think you could debate it. They didn't come out to play. They were not ready to play. Twenty-one nothing. Twenty-eight to seven. I mean, they weren't ready to play that game. And I give them credit. They made a comeback. But I think that was more of Jacksonville kind of taking their foot off the gas. And Pittsburgh had to work awfully hard just to make that fucking comeback. But give them credit nonetheless. They made a comeback. And then Tomlin with his fucking coaching decisions. That fourth and one fucking run the fucking football, man. That fourth and one. I mean, come. What the fuck are you doing? Try a quarterback sneak. I know I'm not the only one that has said this. Of course, this has already been beat around the bush for days now. So I'm not the only one that's fucking saying this. But you got to run the fucking football there. But I didn't even think that was that egregious. What I found egregious was the fucking onside kick. I mean, that that was just like, what the fuck are you doing? And the folks that argue, see, to me, to me in that situation, you're going to lose anyway. So what makes more sense is, is the best way to describe it. It's like right now, I'm in a tough position. I'm most likely going to lose either way. But what's a better scenario? An onside kick that you maybe have a 10 to 12% chance if everything goes right. If everything goes right, if you're knocking on wood, you have a 10 to 12% chance of actually catching the onside kick and making a play there and recovering the football. 10 to 12% chance, right? Or you kicking it off, pinning Blake Bortles deep and hoping and praying. And I know that fucking defense is fucking ass cheeks. I get it. And they have, and they were embarrassed all day on Sunday. I get that. I understand that. But to me, you've got to pin the quarterback deep. I don't care who the fuck it is. I don't care how much he's killed you. You have to, have to, have to pin him deep and make him go the way to the field. Either way, you're going to lose. But what to me? See, this is the thing. You're forcing Blake Bortles to get in that situation there. It probably all you all you needed was probably a first down and the game is over. But I'm taking my chances on Blake Bortles not being able to get one first down, then kicking an onside kick and having Blake Bortles maybe run a couple plays and get maybe a first down and kick a field goal. And then the, and then the game is definitely over. So it, it just made no fucking sense to me. I, I just couldn't believe it. And these are the moves that Tomlin makes. And my biggest and my biggest and my premise to this is my biggest point to this is, is that it's about time that Mike Tomlin start facing some fucking heat. Like and again, I am a Tomlin fan. I'm not a Tomlin detractor. I'm not a Tomlin. I'm not a Tomlin hater. I don't think he should get fired. And I know the report came out this week that one of the minority owners once was Tomlin gone. I think that's bullshit. I think he's. A, I think he's a good head coach. But all I'm saying is, it's about time that this guy faced some fucking heat. I've seen coaches get fired for less. 2008 was a long time ago. It was a long time ago. And let's not forget, Mike Tomlin is the same guy that lost a playoff game to Tim Tebow. Yes, Tim Tebow. That Tim Tebow. SEC Network Tebow. 
current outfielder for the New York Mets. Don't ask me why. Why he's still on my team, I don't know. But anyway, for, he's in single A, but whatever. That Tim Tebow. That nobody wanted Tim Tebow. That they couldn't wait to get the hell out of the league, Tim Tebow. Who can't throw a fucking... Who couldn't hit a blind side of a barn. Who couldn't hit water off, who couldn't hit water off a boat in the ocean. That Tim Tebow. So, when you start... When you listen to this and you, then you start ripping me and defending Tomlin, remember that. This is the same guy that lost a playoff game to Tim Tebow. All I'm saying is this guy needs to start taking some heat. He needs to start getting some heat. Like, uh, yo, three playoff games in seven years. And I think they've been to the postseason five out of those seven years. And he's won three playoff games. And the three he won, he beat Cincinnati. No, let me think. The three he won, he won Kansas City. Big deal. Kansas City can't get out of their own fucking way in, in big spots. Kansas City is another fucking franchise that I don't trust. You know, look at them two weeks ago against the fucking Titans, blowing a 21 nothing lead. Typical Chiefs, typical Chiefs and Andy Reid, right? So the Chiefs are no fucking great shakes. They're, they're a team that fucking vomits on themselves every fucking chance they get. So they beat the Chiefs and they beat the Browns. And they, I mean, they beat the Bengals. Bengals, Browns, that's the same shit. They beat the Bengals. Whoop de fucking do. They beat the Bengals and Marvin Lewis. Everybody beats the Bengals and Marvin Lewis. Everybody. Everybody. I think they beat the Bengals twice. If they didn't beat, I know they beat them that one year, that dirty ass game, the, 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 that fucking physical, that overly physical fucking game or whatever, that one year, they beat them that. Then one year they lost the fucking playoff game where they didn't have Le'Veon Bell. I don't have all the games in front of me. I just know that for the last seven years, he's only won three playoff games. He's only won three playoff games. Three playoff games. I just think that it's high time that this dude start getting some fucking heat. That's all. That, that's, all that's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that Tomlin deserves to get fired. I'm not saying that he should get fired. I'm not saying that I want to see him fired. All I'm saying is this protection that Tomlin gets needs to be done with because this is a guy that has underachieved with the squad. You have a Hall of Fame quarterback, a Hall of Fame running back, a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Two Pro Bowl, borderline All Pro linemen, and you can't get to a Super Bowl. And I know their defense has issues, and that's a that's another demerit against Tomlin. He's a defensive guy. Tomlin is a defensive guy. It's not like Mike Tomlin is some offensive guru. He's a defensive guy. That's why he got the job. He was an understudy on the Dungey in Tampa. So Tomlin is a defensive guy. And the fact that he hasn't been able to get this defense right for the last three or four years is another indictment on Tomlin. All I'm saying is it's about time that Tomlin face some heat. That's all I'm saying. And again, I think he's a good coach. If he was fired tomorrow, I would want the Jets to hire him. I would drive to the airport to pick him up. Drive to the airport to pick him up. From Washington State, yes. (laughs) I would drive. I would make the three-day drive just to pick him up. But so the guy is a good coach and he will not be short on suitors if he ever gets fired because a lot of teams will give him a shot. But I just think that it's time that he get some heat. 
Mike Mal- Mike McCarthy in Green Bay gets more heat than this guy. And and to me, their resumes are almost similar. But if you're Pittsburgh, you cannot lose that game. You just can't. That that is a, that is a that is a pathetic fucking performance by Pittsburgh. Especially after all the shit that they popped off all week, talking shit, looking past the Jags, worrying about the Patriots, all this other shit. You got the idiot Le'Veon Bell, who I'm a fan of, but he's a fucking idiot, tweeting and complaining about his fucking contract. Hey, Le'Veon, do you think that three days before a fucking playoff game, you might not want to talk about your contractual situation? You think that maybe, you know what, maybe I don't want to bring this up as a fucking distraction right now because, you know, we already have to go fucking play a playoff game. You know, if we advance, we got to play New England. We don't need any more distractions. We don't need anything else. Nope, not Le'Veon. He probably was on the draw and was feeling a little honest. Fucking idiot. You got players fucking tweeting. Tomlin tweeting. I mean, it's just, and that's the thing that's that's even more alarming too. Besides the, the on the field stuff, it's the off the field stuff. The behavior. The, the Steelers used to be a team that was about, you know, what happened on the field, football, defense, the steel curtain, and that team has lost its discipline too. And that's another that's another indictment on fucking Tomlin. You had the incident last year with fucking Brown Facebook Live in the fucking locker room and and all that shit. You had that. You know, you had Le'Veon Bell with weed. You got fucking Le'Veon Bell this year and players tweeting this year and the stuff with the, fu- the, the, the fucking games with the fucking Bengals. I mean, it's just one thing after another. One thing after another. And I sound like I'm fucking ragging on Tomlin and I feel like the guy should get fired. I'm not. I'm a Tomlin fan. I swear to you, I'm a Tomlin fan. I like Mike Tomlin. I like Omar Epps. I just think the dude should get some fucking heat because to me, he's underachieved, specifically the last two or three years. He plays in a soft-ass division. He plays in a division where he has to play the fucking Bengals and the Browns every year. Twice. The Bengals are up and down with Marvin Lewis. Up and down. And then the Browns are fucking the Browns. He's guaranteed two wins every year. And then the Ravens are up and down as well. I mean, he just plays in a soft-ass division. I know the perception of it is, oh, the AFC North, blah, 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 blah. That division is soft. At least for the last couple years, it's been soft. So you can't give me the excuse that he plays in a tough division. Again, I I just want this guy to have more success with the talent that he has. That's all. That's all. And I am a Tomlin fan. I hate to repeat it, but I know some people are going to fucking sit there. I've already gotten some hate mail and some criticism from some Steelers fans. And I know, oh, what the fuck? Because I and the Steelers are very split. I know. And I know Steelers fans that are very split on him. I know Steelers fans that fucking love Tomlin. And I know Steelers fans that fucking hate Tomlin. So Tomlin is a very divisive figure right now. I don't think he should get fired. I think the fucking minority owner should shut the fuck up. I don't think he should get fired. The guy has had a lot of success. He is 100 games over 500, I think, for his career as a coach. He's won a Super Bowl, got to another, was a was an Aaron Rodgers drive away from winning another Super Bowl. So, again, I, I know I sound like a hypocrite because I'm, I'm, I'm praising him at the same time and I'm knocking him. All I'm saying is this guy doesn't get enough heat. Like Andy Reid gets an and, and granted, Andy Reid deserves it. I think Andy Reid is fucking overrated. And Andy Reid, for whatever the reason, continues to have a job. I get that. And he can't win fucking big games. So I'm not putting him on that level, but there's plenty of coaches that get heat. I think Tomlin should join that list. That's all. Tomlin should join that list. And if they underachieve next year, then you know what? I might change my tune. 
I might say, yo, it might be time for this fucking team to, to, to make a change. Now, I know it's Pittsburgh, and they've only had fucking three coaches in 40-something years. Literally, think about that. They've had like three coaches in 40-something years. That, that organization, above anything else, preaches stability and structure. But, you know, Big Ben's not going to play forever. He's not going to play forever. And Le'Veon's a running back. Who knows how long, you know, he's one hit away from fucking being hurt and done for his career. So, again, the, the window the window may seem like it's open, and it might still be open. And it's still, I'm not going to say it might be, it's still open. But, you know, this shit is not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed. So, if they're ever going to get to the Super Bowl, the time is now. The time is now. Here I am fucking ragging on Omar Epps, man. Ragging on Omar Epps. But it just pisses me off because I'm like, yo, how many t- how many years are we going to start prote- stop protecting fucking Mike Tomlin, dude? Like, the dude is fucking underachieved. He's underachieved. It's about time he faced some heat. <sighs> anyway, whatever. Anyway, so let's move on to uh, Championship Sunday. Uh, this Sunday coming up a couple days from now. Um... I don't love these matchups. I mean, these aren't the sexiest matchups in the world. Obviously, you got New England and Jacksonville. I don't think anybody before the season started predicted that. And then, of course, you got Minnesota and Philadelphia. I don't think anybody before the season predicted that. Maybe Philadelphia. May, oh, maybe. But I, I find it hard to believe that that many, most NFL fans really predicted that this was going to be their uh, their their slate of games for Championship Sunday. But neither, be that as it may, they're, they're not maybe the sexiest matchups, but they're intriguing matchups. I'll start with the AFC Championship game first. I mean, as much as I hate the fucking Pats, as much as my mind, you know, my heart tells me, fuck the Pats, fuck Tom Brady, fuck Gronk, fuck Belichick, fuck Kraft, his old ass wife, all, all the motherfuckers, right? My hate and my disdain for the Patriots is so strong. As much as I want to fucking pick against them, it, I, I don't know. It's hard for me to pick against the fucking Patriots, dog. It, it, it just, it's written for them to win this game. You know, I think Jacksonville, Jacksonville's come a long way. They've surprised me. I didn't think they'd be this good this year. I didn't think they'd win 10 games this year. Even with the fucking improved defense, I didn't think they'd win 10 games because I thought Bortles was Bortles. But, you know, Jacksonville took a huge step this year. Um, and I, I don't think they're going to get blown out. I think Jacksonville's going to play well in that game. I think Jacksonville's going to be a pain in the ass in that game. But I just think if I, I th- this is where I predict the game. I'll give an official prediction on Sunday, like score wise or whatever. But um, here's what I think will happen. I think I think Jacksonville will come out. I think they will play well. I think in the first half, I think the first three and a half quarters, I think Jacksonville will be right in the game. And I think in New, I think New England will eventually pull away. That's what I think. Um, I, I think I, you know, this game reminds me a little bit of the 2009 AFC Championship game where the Jets played the Colts, and the Jets were the Cinderella team of that postseason. You know, nine and seven, they made an incredible run to the AFC Championship game, and you know, we were up. You know, we had a chance to be up 17 to three on this fucking Colts at halftime. We fucking our defense, of course, spit the bit and let them get on the board, and it was 17 to seven, and then of course. The rest is history, and then the fucking Colts took over in the second half. They lost 30-17. to 17. This game has that same type of feel. You know, I, I can see it where Jacksonville comes out hot early. They come out with the swag, no pressure, blah, 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 da, 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 da. They get some pressure on Brady. They, they you know, they, they, they're able to limit Gronk. And then eventually, Belichick, the master, starts to fucking figure it out. 
And I think they'll take over in the second half. I think they put some points on the board. I think Jacksonville's defense gets maybe a little bit tired and a little worn out. They finally fucking make Bortles beat them. And I think this is the type of game that can be like 24 to 10 or 30 to 17, that type. I'll give an official official score prediction on my Snapchat and YouTube um, Sunday, a little closer to the game. But uh, that's what I think was going to happen. That's a, But basically, I'm going to pick the Patriots to win. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to pick the Patriots to win. Um, and then as far as the NFC Championship game, um, that's this is a little bit harder call to take to call um, just because, you know, Philly is at home and it's a tough place to play. And you never know what Minnesota's mindset is off the fucking just incredible win that they had. Um, but be that all as it may be. I'm still not going to pick against Minnesota. I think Minnesota is the destiny team. I think Minnesota right now, when you're basically 60 minutes away from fucking playing a home game for the Super Bowl, I think you got to cash in the deal. I think you got to fucking, I think you got to shield the deal. I think you got to get it done. I think you got to fucking put all your chips on the table and 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 just go for it. And I think they're going to do that, man. I think I think the Vikings are going to do it. I think they're going to get to a Super Bowl. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a competitive game. Um. I think this is the week where you see Nick Foles come back to earth a little bit. I really do. I think Keenan will play well. I think he'll make enough plays. I think they'll rely on that defense to get after to Nick Foles. They'll make Nick Foles beat him. I think they'll contain Ajayi. Um, Philly's defense is legit too. So I think Philly's I think Philly's defense will play well. But I think in the end, I think Minnesota will. I think this is a close game. I think the spread is, I think, like eight or nine points. I'm not sure. I haven't checked it in a couple of days. But um, I'll make an official score prediction on Sunday as well for this game. But I, I'm going to pick Minnesota, though. I, I just think Minnesota, I think it's their time. I think Minnesota is the team of destiny right now. See, I like teams that, I've always said this, I like teams that face death and live to tell about it. Minnesota was dead. Minnesota was done. They were buried. They were 10 seconds away from, you know, basically reading their epitaph. And... They live to talk about it today because of an amazing play. And I think Minnesota is going to use that as motivation. I think they're going to be riled up. I think they're going to be motivated. I think a situation where they got to go to Philly. I, I think it also helps that they're on the road, too. I think it helps. I think if they were at home and they had to play that game, I think the I think the fucking the angst of the crowd, I think the pressure, you know, the years of futility that the Vikings have had, I think that might be a little bit too much for that team, especially a, a young team like that or a semi-young team like that, or an inexperienced team, should I say, like that, um, in these moments. So I think the fact that they're on the road, I think, almost helps them in a weird way. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to pick Minnesota, man. I think Minnesota, it's just their time. And then it's going to be Minnesota and New England in the Super Bowl. Brady has to go on the road, and that will be a road game. That will be a road game. You don't think those fucking crazy-ass fucking skull-chanting Viking fans are going to show up in droves in downtown Minneapolis to fucking see their team play in the Super Bowl? They're going to. Shit, I know if the Jets were in the Super Bowl and, and it was in New York, they'd, they'd fucking pack the building. Same thing with any other fucking team. You know what I'm saying? So I I just think it's going to be interesting to see a road game in the Super Bowl. It's going to be intriguing. Um, I would love to see Jacksonville and Minnesota in the Super Bowl. Um, just for shits and giggles and just because I fucking can't stand the Patriots. But, you know, while my heart may tell me that, my mind and my knowledge is going to tell me something different, man. Unfortunately, I think the Patri- I think the Patriots is going to be too much. But I think the Vikings, I think it will be a close game. I, I, you know, I, I, it's got a chance to be a good Sunday. I think it's got a, I mean, Championship Sunday is always fun. It's one of the best sports days of the year. I mean, you got basically the two biggest NFL games of the year 
back to back. So it's it's one of the best sports day of the year. It's one of those days you mark down on the calendar, no matter if you have a team in the game or not. You know what I'm saying? It's one of those days you mark down on your calendar. It's 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 a fun day. It's your football fan. Even with all the issues, the ratings going down, the ratings were still down. They were they were down this week again or this past weekend again. A little, a little, a little bit of a misnomer because last year, I mean, you had fucking Dallas and Green Bay and that fucking classic. So, I mean, that's going to be the fucking the epitome of a rating for that game. I mean, Cowboys and 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 Dallas, you know, you know, you got Cowboys in Dallas against the Packers and and in an incredible fucking entertaining classic game. I mean, that game, I think, scored 50, 48 million. 48 million watched that game. So uh, very few, very few playoff games are going to top that. So that's not a Super Bowl that is that are that are going to top that. So it's a little skewed, but I mean, ratings are down again this weekend and they I, I, I will go out on a limb and bet that the fucking that the AFC and NFC championship game ratings will be down this year, too. I mean, last year, what you had New England and fucking Pittsburgh. So that was a highly rated game. And then you have fucking Atlanta and fucking Green Bay. So the fact that, you know, you don't have that big, you know, tentpole franchise like Green Bay carrying things on the NFC side of things, I think it's going to hurt it. I mean, Minnesota is a, is a I think I think people will be intrigued by Minnesota. And then obviously the Eagles have are a big franchise. They're going to have big fan fans watching us. So I think it might be a I don't think it'll be too much of a problem on the NFC side of things. I think it will definitely be a problem on the AFC side of things. I mean, Jacksonville, uh, I, I know I was just giving praise, but it, to, to I, would, I know I was just giving praise to the Jacksonville Jaguars, but it is Jacksonville, so it's it's hard for me to imagine that uh, there are way too many fans of uh, Jacksonville beyond that uh, that little corridor there in Jacksonville. So you know, who knows? You know that real Jacksonville fans. I'll say this: real Jacksonville fans, like niggas that was down from day one, David Garrard. You know what I'm saying? You know, uh, Mark Brunel, dumb dumb fans. Fans that remember the, the the Coughlin teams in the '90s that got the AFC Championship games. Those fans. I'm not talking about fans that discovered their 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 inner their inner Jaguar like two weeks ago. No, not them. Not them niggas. Not them off-brand motherfuckers. No, 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 no. The real fans. Not no bandwagoners. You know how I feel about bandwagon fans. Shout out to the Seahawks. But uh, yeah, so I think it's going to be interesting to see the ratings. I think they will go down again, but uh, we'll see. We'll see, of course. Before we get out of here, uh, I do want to get into that cold Clippers Rocket situation. That was literally one of the funniest shits I've seen in a long fucking time. I mean, just the fucking sight and the thought of Chris Paul leading a group of fucking Rockets players through a secret passageway or back way or back tunnel, whatever the fuck you want to talk, whatever you want to call it. Like, the, just the, that sight alone is just fucking hilarious to me. It's just hilarious to me. Like, matter of fact, how the fuck do you know that this secret passageway exists? Like, how do you even? know that this exists have you used this shit were you bringing one of your fucking hoes into the fucking were you bringing your were you sneaking your wife in for some fucking uh for some freaky shit late night in the fucking clippers uh and you know in the clippers facility in the staples center like what the fuck are you doing like how the fuck do you know that there's a secret passageway to the clip to the other to the opposing locker room anyway like i that's just i i, I don't know anyway that that seems suspect to me but the whole thing is just much to do about nothing. I know Ariza got suspended today. Um, Ariza and I think Gerald Green got suspended or somebody else got suspended. I don't know. That's not even much I pay attention to it. Like, it, it, the whole thing was stupid. It was dumb. It's fake NBA tough guy shit. It's that macho bravado shit that, you know, NBA players tend to have. Uh, it's, it's fucking stupid. It's pointless. 
all of a sudden now you want to fight the fucking Clippers. I mean, I know Austin Rivers is Austin Rivers and he has his job because he's, you know, because of nepotism. And I get all that. I get all that. And he was talking shit in a walking boot. Like, I get all that. Austin Austin Rivers does have a punchable face. I get that. (laughs) I completely understand that. But still, like, come on, B. Sit y'all asses down. James Harden, really? Ain't you injured, motherfucker? Please, sit your ass down somewhere. How about you worry about winning some games? Winning winning some playoff games. How about that, James? Because every time you every time in big spots in the playoffs, you don't show up. It's amazing. It's amazing. Big spots in playoffs, James Harden fails to show up. It's amazing how that happens. So instead of instead of being a part of this mafia <laughs> that went to go attack fucking Austin Rivers, how about you sit your fucking punk ass down, stop dating a Kardashian, stop fucking with any, stop fucking with strippers and Kardashians and win big playoff games. How about that? And as far as Chris Paul, Mr. 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 Holier Than Thou Chris Paul, Mr. Head of the Players Union Chris Paul, you know, the guy that the NBA community swears by. The NBA community, you know, you the way that you the way that some analysts in the NBA community talk about fucking Chris Paul, you would think he's won five championships. How about Chris Paul instead of being Harriet Tubman and leading niggas through the fucking underground railroad? How about how about Chris Paul get to a conference final? That's it. That's that's all I want. That's all I want. I want Chris Paul to lead his team, his franchise to a conference championship. No, fuck a conference championship. I want him to lead. I want him to lead his team to a conference final. Because again, I say this every time I talk about Chris Paul. This is a guy that has never, I repeat, never played in a conference championship. And yet he gets a pass. Yet he gets a pass. It's amazing. Carmelo Anthony. And and again, I'm not going to make this a Carmelo Anthony versus, you know, Chris Paul thing. Obviously, we know Chris Paul's the better player. But Carmelo Anthony gets lambasted everywhere you go for not winning enough, for being selfish, for being this, that, and the other, da, 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 da. Carmelo Anthony has played in a conference final and Chris Paul hasn't. Think about that. Think about that. And don't tell me he hasn't had talent. Don't tell me. I'm, I'm not going to allow that. Don't tell me he hasn't had talent. That Clipper team was talented. The pro- Talent wasn't the problem with that Clipper team. He's had talent. And he had talent in New Orleans too. So don't tell me he hasn't had talent. That that's not fair. That I, I'm not gonna allow that. That that I'm not gonna allow. Don't tell me no bullshit like that. He's had talent. He's had way more than enough talent. So again, Chris Paul, instead of being Harriet Tubman, get to a conference championship. Okay, this is the year. This is the year. I want you to get to a conference championship. There's no excuses. You're playing with James Harden. There's no excuses now. Well, there might be an excuse since both of them niggas tend to choke in big spots. So, yeah, there might be. There, that, the matter of fact, that will be your excuse. When you guys lose in seven games to the fucking Timberwolves or the Pelicans or some fucking friend, or so some team that they should beat, their excuse will be, you know, eh, they did it again. The excuse will be they did it again. Typical Chris Paul and James Harden. And Mike D'Antoni talking shit. Mike, sit your old ass down. Non D, no D Antoni. Yeah, no D. As in no fucking defense. D Antoni. D Antoni telling fucking Blake Griffin to fuck you. Shut up. Shut up. Go sit down. 
Like this, that shit really like annoyed me. Like, I mean, it didn't. It made me laugh, and then I thought about, it. and then Shaq and Chuck's reaction to it on on Monday night was just funny. Like, you had to have been there and watched the shit live. I mean, I know you can watch the videos back or whatever, but the, just the whole, just the whole reporting of it, everything, it was just so funny to me. Like, it was just like, what the fuck? Like, really? Like, this is what we're doing on on MLK Day, no less. Really, this is what we're this is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. Uh, amazing a uh, 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 fucking amazing amazing typical nigga shit like come on son but anyway chris paul again conference championship that should be the goal your goal should not be your goal should not be to be harriet tubman of the nba your goal should be to be isaiah thomas it should be magic johnson that should be who you should strive to be guys that actually win stuff win not harriet tubman god bless her soul Okay, and then James, James. If I def- if if I don't want if I don't want to see Chris Paul doing shit like this, I definitely don't want to see your punk ass doing shit like this. Like, come on, James, come on. I mean, you pulled the no show of no of all no shows last May against the Spurs in Game Six. Like, <laughs> I don't want to hear nothing from from James Harden. Like nothing, zero, zilch. Sit your ass on a bench and heal up. Enough. These niggas. Fouls of the week, and my foul of the week for this week um, goes to the Boston Celtics and their handling of this whole Isaiah Thomas retirement or uh, Isaiah Thomas tribute video, Paul Pierce jersey retirement ceremony gaggle fuck that they've managed to put themselves into. Uh, amazing, this whole fucking story. But first and foremost, I will not allow, I will not condone anybody, anybody on Twitter. NBA fans around the world that somehow have gotten amnesia in the last couple of years to discredit, to besmirch, to slander the career of Paul Pierce. Look, I am no Paul Pierce apologist. I'm not a fan. I hate Paul Pierce. I still have nightmares and visions of the fucking wheelchair and being fucking wheeled off the fucking floor with his face wilted down in pain and agony. And then he comes back in what, a half later and fucking drops 28 on the Lakers in game one and kills my dreams and hopes of a championship. So again, I am not a Paul Pierce apologist and I will never say that I am a fan or that I love Paul Pierce, but I respect the man and the man was an NBA legend. He is a great, great NBA player. Not James Harden level great. No, no, no. Great NBA player. The truth not just an adjective to describe him. No, no, no. This was his nickname. Nicknamed by Shaq. The truth. AI was the answer. Paul Pierce was the truth. And he was. Paul Pierce was one of the best players of his generation. Definitely one of the best players of his generation. One of the best players of all time. He is the top five Celtic. You could debate that. You know, you could debate on who you want to put in that top five. He's definitely a top 10 Celtic. Sorry. Sorry, Shannon. You know, sorry. Stick to football, Shannon. Okay, I like you. I like you, Shannon. I, I ride with you. You you make some good points and you're funny. Keep smoking your blacks. It's funny, but but leave the basketball to the experts. Anyway, he's definitely a top ten Celtic of all time. Absolutely, I don't even think you can debate that. Even with all the all famers that they have, he's 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 up there. So this idea, first of all, Isaiah Thomas has played. For the, he played for the Celtics for two years. He gets a tribute video? Like, why? 
He played for two years on the Celtics. Really? We're going to give him a tribute video? Isaiah Thomas gets a tribute video. Seriously, like this is this is what we're doing now. This is what it's come down to. And look, I like Isaiah Thomas. I like Isaiah Thomas a lot. I I, um, I know people that know Isaiah personally. Everybody tells me he's a good guy. He's from this area where I live in currently in Washington State. So, you know, I, I know of Isaiah Thomas very well. And we all root for Isaiah Thomas. He's a short guy. You know, short niggas stick together forever. Um, so I'm, I am an Isaiah Thomas fan. But let's be fair. The dude played for fucking Boston for two years. The fact that he's getting a tribute video is, is, is iffy in that of itself. But whatever. It's the thing to do to give tribute fucking videos. Whatever. Whatever, right? So he, he nixes getting the video because he wasn't, you know, in January, I think it was the game against the, the, the initial time they came back to Boston. I think it was like, I think it was like January 8th or January 11th, whenever was that date what, that they played the fucking, um, that the Cavs went to fucking Boston and got murdered that first game. Um, Isaiah didn't play. They were going to do the video tribute that night. He didn't play. Um, and he nixed that idea because he wanted to have his family and friends all there at the game, whatever, and see him play, whatever, right? So the next time they happened to come into the building was the night that they chose to retire um, and honor Paul Pierce. Well, common sense would tell you that we're not going to do it that night, of course, because why would you fucking air a tribute video to another player on the same night that you're going to honor one of the greatest players to ever play for your franchise. Like that makes literally no fucking sense. Like, why would you do that? That mean, like that's, that's like MBDL league team management type shit there. Like, why would you fucking do that? That's a stupid, that's literally stupid, but no, not to the Boston Celtics. Of course they decided to do that. And Paul Pierce rightfully so, got mad and spoke up about it. Like, first of all, the fact that Paul Pierce has to fucking explain himself, like, this nigga didn't put in work. Like, no. First of all, I wouldn't want to share my day with fucking Isaiah Thomas either. First of all, why am I sharing my day with anybody? It's my fucking Jersey Day retirement. It's my achievement. It's my crowning achievement. It's one of the crowning achievements of my life, of my career, and I'm sharing it with another nigga who's you playing of even if it is a fucking video who gives a shit this is paul pierce night this isn't isaiah thomas and paul pierce night this isn't paul peering paul pierce night starring isaiah thomas no it's paul pierce night so the fact that you would even think that's okay to play a fucking tribute video for isaiah thomas is is foul number one and then the fact that isaiah thomas gets a fucking tribute video to begin with like it's isaiah thomas he played for two years in boston it's not like he played eight years in boston he played five years in Boston. He played five years. They got to a final. Blah blah blah. Did he didn't know? No, he played two years. Two years, and they couldn't wait to get him the fuck out of there so they can get Kyrie. So please, please, with the with the tribute videos, please stop. Miss me with that shit, okay? And then Paul Pierce is getting slandered and criticized. Oh, that's some petty shit. Blah blah blah. Jalen Rose calling him out. Like blah blah blah. People make it you know mad, and then of course Rondo defended it, and Rondo said what Rondo says and Rondo's a real dude so, and that's why I always rock with Rondo because Rondo's going to keep it real you may not always agree with Rondo but he's always going to keep it real like the dude has played in Boston for two like I can understand if the guy played in Boston for five years he left as a free agent or whatever you first of all I'm I, I, I don't understand scheduling on the same night you do a fucking jersey retirement that's stupid that that is unforgivable that's stupid that's just fucking dumb like why would you do that that makes literally no fucking sense that's that is just stupid. 
Like, say what you want to say about that. That is fucking stupid. That is dumb. Regardless of whether Isaiah Thomas deserves a video or not, that is just stupid. I think they play the Cavaliers, what, two more times? They usually play these, they usually play, the Eastern Conference teams usually play each other four times. It's maybe one of those years they only play three times. I don't know. I had to, I have to check the schedule, but you couldn't find another fucking night. And if you can't, first of all, you should have did a January 11th. I, sh- I would have told Isaiah, like, I would have told Isaiah, like, no, bruh, we got to do it tonight because the next night y'all got, y'all come in, it's Paul Pierce night. So you either take it tonight or don't take it. And if not, then fucking don't air the video. You only played here for two years anyway, nigga. Like, what the fuck? Like, like, okay. Like, and I'm not trying to bash Isaiah. Like, I'm not ripping Isaiah. You know what I'm saying? But let's be honest. I'm just trying to be honest here. Like, I'm just trying to be real, real, real spill here. Like, like, come on, son. Like, <laughs> you're getting a tribute video and you only play for two years. And then the fact that you get it on the same night that, it, that, that, an, that an icon for the Boston Celtics is getting his jersey retired. Like, no, <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And the Boston, Cel- the Boston Celtics handled this terribly. Like, what the fuck are y'all thinking? Like, I hold you guys to that standard, a higher standard than all other NBA teams. If this is the Jazz or if this is some other middling NBA franchise, I would say, you know what? Eh, it's the Jazz. But no, this is the Boston Celtics. This is one of the premier franchises in all of sports, in all of sports, around the world, I may add. Like, this is a legitimate franchise. This is, this is royalty. I can't stand them, but I'll admit they're royalty. And this is how you treat one of your great, your, your all-time players? This is, this is the kind of fucking Mickey Mouse operation y'all niggas is going to run? Just, just, and for the people that are actually knocking Paul Pierce and think that this, there's no problem with this or whatever, blah, 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 or calling him petty, whatever. Like, just imagine this. Imagine the night that the Lakers retired Kobe's two jerseys, right? They decided, and they played the Warriors that night. And Nick Young's on the Warriors, a former Laker player, a player that was popular with the Laker fans. It wasn't like he was, it wasn't a lot of success, but he was popular. He was well-liked by the Laker crowd, Laker fans. Imagine if that same night, Kobe Bryant night, right? Two jerseys retired, a special moment. I cried, tears, tears of joy, years of, 20 years of watching Kobe, whatever, all that, right? Imagine if that same night, the Lakers decided to, to, to air a tribute video to Nick Young. First of all, it's Nick Young, and you were only here for four years and second of all i'm not doing it on the second on the same night that one of our one of my immortals one of our immortals is getting his just due like that is the lakers would never fucking do that you can get on the lakers for putting a bad product on the field or on the court whatever but they wouldn't the lakers are a genius when it comes to marketing and they would never do that because that is stupid that is stupid. Like, why would you do that? That makes no fucking sense at all. Like, literally makes no fucking sense. Terrible. Terrible. And I can't believe that motherfuckers is actually... And I've seen all all day, all week on Twitter, motherfuckers bashing Paul Pierce, calling him overrated. Oh, this nigga ain't Jordan. You know, you, you had the shit that Shannon said. Yeah, you know, but nobody's, nobody's sitting here calling Paul Pierce Michael Jordan. But Paul Pierce deserves a little bit more respect than that. First of all, y'all, y'all motherfuckers act like Paul Pierce wasn't that nigga. Paul Pierce was the truth. Like, do, do I need to remind motherfuckers? Paul Pierce was that dude. Okay, I know he hung on a little bit too long there at the end. He should have retired once the whole thing with Boston ended. He should have retired, just like KG. I, both them niggas played way too long, in my opinion. So I get that, but let, let's, let's not besmirch Paul Pierce. And again, I'm not a Paul Pierce fan. I can't stand Paul Pierce, but I'm going to keep it real. I respect the dude. 
real recognize real greatness you know greatness is is easily recognizable like the dude is one of the best players of his era absolutely Kobe Duncan Shaq AI Pierce is in the discussion he's in the discussion no doubt about it no doubt about it it's not even a fucking debate no doubt about it so this idea that Paul Pierce is 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 thinking too highly of himself or oh who how do hell is Paul Pierce who the hell is Isaiah Thomas that he gets a video a video really a video for two years of service for two years of service that's like a nigga that's like a, a motherfucking army getting a, 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 a an army accommodation medal for fucking for passing basic training like nigga what no <laughs> what the fuck have you done so the whole thing just pissed me off. So that's my foul of the week. The Boston Celtics situation and their handling of their legends. Because apparently the Boston Celtics have forgotten to how to be a first rate franchise. The fact that this even became an issue, the fact that this was even an issue to begin with is, is, is just flagrant to me. You don't even get a tech. You get a flagrant foul. Like, it's just stupid. Like, why the fuck would you even put yourselves in this situation? It's beyond me. Terrible, 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 terrible. Anyways, I'm going to get up out of here because I'm sure that you guys are tired of listening to my sexy voice talk about sports. So I'm going to get the fuck up out of here. But before I do, I just wanted to say rest in peace to two figures. Uh, one that was really important to me um, and another that I didn't get a chance to play uh, to watch, unfortunately. Obviously, being a student of basketball, I knew how good JoJo White was. Um, looked him up and and researched Jojo White and I've seen documentaries I've 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 listened to interviews with Tommy Heinsohn and you know Bill Russell and Bob Cousy well not Bob Cousy but um you know Dave Cowens and everybody all his contemporaries teammates John uh Hondo uh talk about Jojo White I've done research on Jojo I never got to watch him play unfortunately um he played in the mid 70s won two championships with the Celtics um he passed away this week at the age of uh I think he was 70 something uh, if I believe I don't have it in front of me um, so R.I.P. Jojo White man it's, it's crazy you know we lost the NBA lost a legend Jojo White um, played for Kansas was a uh, I think he won the 68 uh, gold medal for the uh, 68 uh, basketball team so uh, yeah shout out to Jojo White man and then the death that really hit me uh, last weekend was the uh, passing of the great Keith Jackson. Uh, I love announcers. That's my thing. Obviously, I'm doing a fucking podcast where I'm sitting here talking to you, motherfuckers. So, of course, I have to have some kind of affinity for broadcasters. And, you know, Keith Jackson, uh, I fell in love with college football listening to Keith Jackson. Like, whoa, Nelly. Like, I wanted to fucking have a Southern Georgia drawl just because of Keith Jackson. Like, I mean... It's Keith Jackson. If you're a college football fan, that death hits you because it's like a part of all of our childhoods passed away this weekend. Like, like for the longest time, like Keith Jackson was college football. Like I, I could, you know, this was before fucking Chris Fowler. This is before Brent. This is, you know, Brad. I mean, that and Brad Nessler. I, I, I was I was having an affinity for Brad Nessler because um, I grew up watching Brad Nessler call college games, too. But um, Keith Jackson, I mean, he was college football. 
He was college football. I mean, all the, the career that he had, uh, people forget the great baseball work that he did, too. I mean, Keith Jackson was just uh, one of the great broadcasters in history. It's amazing that the same, another death that I missed a couple weeks ago with the podcast thing, uh, Dick Enberg, another legend, a giant in the game, uh, a, a tremendous broadcaster passed away. So RIP to, to Dick Enberg. But uh, yeah, Keith Jackson passed away uh, last Saturday or Friday night, I believe, last Friday night. Um, so shout out to him, uh, his family and prayers. And just want to say thank you to Keith Jackson, man. I mean, the, the countless years that you provided everybody uh, joys in your calls for college football, man. I mean, and, and baseball and, you know, Olympics and all the work that you did. NBA. He was the first announcer of Monday Night Football. People don't realize that. Um, yeah, man. Keith Jackson was was that dude, man. He was that dude. So um rest in peace to keep jackson uh keep his family in his prayers he was 89 years old i believe passed away and uh i mean keith called the greatest college football game that i've ever seen sc in texas in 2006 i mean that that's i mean that to me is still the greatest college football game i've ever seen so to me is the best national championship game that i've ever seen i didn't see the 84 game well i didn't see it live i've i've seen it now in years on end where we're uh Nebraska and Miami in 84 in the Orange Bowl where uh, where Tom Osborne decides to go for two. I didn't see that game live, obviously. I wasn't born in 1984, but I've gone back to see it. And that's a, that's close. Obviously, Ohio State, Miami, and overtime, that's a close one to, there, too. Um, you know, you could pick some of the uh, Clemson-Alabama games. Obviously, if you go way, way, way back, I'm sure you could find some several games. But uh, to me, he called his last ever game, the last call he ever made was – the greatest college football game arguably probably ever played um, in SC in Texas. So shout out to Keith Jackson, man. He had a hell of a career, a hell of a run. He's a Hall of Famer in, in everybody's books, and he's the voice of college. He, he is and will for always – he was, he is, and will forever always will be – no, I fucked that up – will forever be uh, the voice of college football. So shout out and, uh, and uh, rest in paradise to Keith Jackson, man, for real. But uh, I'm going to get up out of here, man. Uh, it's enough for me for this week. As always, man, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Uh, if Without you guys, the listeners, um, there would be no podcast. And I had people DMing me uh, for the last two weeks telling me when we we're going to drop another episode. So it's always cool to get love and appreciation for fans. Always checking in on the podcast. So, yeah, we, had, we didn't go away. We didn't stop making episodes. We just had a little bit of a technical uh, glitch uh, over the last 10 days or so. But I think that's all fixed now. Um, I'm still waiting to get another mixer so um you know conversations between me and luke or me and uh judd or if we have guests or whatever it's going to be still a little choppy for the next couple weeks because we don't have a mixer so but uh yeah man we're working on that um as usual but thank you for listening thank you for subscribing thank you for supporting the show um if you like the show Leave us a review on iTunes, man. We need those reviews on iTunes. Uh, we need more of those reviews. So if you like the show, you really like what you're listening to, drop us a review on iTunes. It helps the show get uh, boosted up in the ratings in, in iTunes. And uh, that's always important. I mean, that's 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 how we make our money here as a podcaster, man. The, you know, moving up the boards in iTunes, man. iTunes has, has like, what, thousands and thousands of fucking podcasts. So, you know. The, the more ratings, uh, if you like the show, if you like you like what you're listening to, if you like the work that we do here on, at, at, on the podcast, um, let the world know. Let other people that haven't 
you know, put some other people on. So let other people that don't listen to the show or haven't listened to the show or haven't found us yet, let them know that you like what we do, that you like our show, and you know, let them know. You don't have to sit there and write a fucking soliloquy or a paragraph or any of that. You just, you know, give a couple thoughts, a brief paragraph of, you know, why you like the show and why people should look at it and give us a review. So, yeah, I'm gonna get up out of here, man. Uh, we will be back not this Sunday. Obviously, it's Championship Sunday, but you will see me around if you follow me on Snapchat. By the way, follow me on Snapchat, Manny Bro but uh, you will see me around as I, you know, do my Snapchat thing and I uh, will post some videos on YouTube too. But um, next episode of the podcast will be not this Sunday, but next Sunday, you know, the Sunday before the Super Bowl. Um, we'll come at y'all with a new episode of the podcast. Um, I might have a guest lined up for that week. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Got a couple ideas for a guest. I told you guys we're going to incorporate a little bit more guests this this year on the podcast. Not just have the usual the usual suspects of me and Luke and 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 Jut, um, but incorporate more guests. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We, uh, if not, it'll just be me and Jut or me and uh, me and Luke. But um, as always, man, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. I'm up out of here. I am your host Manny Fresh, and this is the Technical File Podcast. We are out. Peace. Serious sir.
raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.